them up, knock them down I'm the greatest in my town, I'm the greatest yeah. What's up guys, Caleb Fossum here Luke Block and Steady here uh, You know, here with the episode one of the OGFY podcast um, You know, so we wanted to start a podcast and kind of introduce the brand, introduce ourselves and um, talk about some really interesting, cool uh, topics for you guys. Yeah, so before we uh, really dive into a lot of stuff here, Caleb, why don't you start with uh, a little bit of the origination of where did OGFY come from? When did it start, like that term, that phrase, and like what, what did it mean at first? What does it mean now? Um, so OGFY, where it uh, stemmed from, uh, we go back to freshman year of high school, uh, J. Sarah Catholic High School in uh, beautiful Orange County, California. Um, you know, coming in as a freshman in high school, you really obviously don't know a ton about working out, um, nutrition, that kind of stuff. Um, and still even going through my freshman year, I still was kind of like oblivious to it all. You know, you're, you're a young kid, you're still growing, you're still doing all that stuff. Um, playing football, I had a great strength coach. His name's uh, Coach John Davis, and uh, this guy changed my life, man. Um, and what happened was, is when we go to the weight room, it was kind of um, – a phrase that we'd say to kind of snap us into the mood to go work out and be like, Hey man, let's, let's go get fucking yoked. So OGFY was operation, get fucking yoked. Started off like, Hey, let's go get fucking yoked. And uh, you know, Oh, operation, go get fucking yoked today. Like that was just kind of like our little, our little deal of a kind of group of us on the team. And then um, what happened was it really took off when I quit football after my freshman season and um, you know, sophomore year, Jay Sarah, was on the way. I wasn't driving yet. So Jay Sarah was on the way to my, my dad's work. He worked in San Clemente. So he would drop me off at Jay Sarah super early, like, what, like five o'clock in the morning, five 30. Um, school didn't start till like seven 30 or eight. And, uh, coach Davis would be there early. So, you know, I wasn't even playing football at the time, but I'd start working out with him. And that's when I really gained the love and the passion. And I'm like, this is what I want to do. I want to stay in this realm of fitness, nutrition, and OGFY became kind of like, a you know, a mindset, but like an identity, like, dude, I, I love this. And like, it changed my life forever. He really taught me the, you know, the basic stuff, but you know, that's where OGFY really took off the whole, whole operation, get fucking yoked. Um, every morning grinding with him, um, five 30 in the morning, took me under his wing and it was awesome. You know, fast forward a couple of years, I transferred to Toro. I mean, I obviously knew you, we'll, we'll dive into that obviously later where me and you met and our other friends and stuff like that. Um, but in El Toro, we kind of took it, we took it farther, you know, I mean, Jay said it was kind of a laughing matter or whatever, but you know, me and you, um, back to that five thirty, four thirty, you know, AM grind. Um, I think the first time we did it was, you know, I think what Ryan Coyota woke us up at like four thirty to go to the beach or whatever. And that's kind of the first yeah. time I really woke up early. Woke us up at like what? No, it was like four, picked us up. <laughs> he was, he was throwing in lips at four in the morning. <laughs> we were like, what? We were 15 Dude. or 16 at the time. And yeah. Driving to Newport, running sprints, then uh, you and I hitting the gym and yeah, being done by seven. School starts at eight. That's what we yeah, were doing. Exactly, and that was. I mean, an OGFY became our identity at that point. I mean, we were going every single day, sometimes twice, sometimes three times a day to the gym, working out yeah. whatever we could do. Um, on top of school, on top of our sport, baseball, and football. a lot of pre-workout. <laughs> yeah, sometimes a little too much. I almost. I mean, there's a couple of times where I was like, "Dude, Luke, I think I'm gonna die today. Like this yeah, might be the day that I, I over more than a couple times." So. <laughs> Fast forward to, it's, you know, the first couple of days of July right now. Yes. Fast forward to, I mean, technically backtrack now, but like a couple months ago, you started OGFY as a brand. Now it's a thing. Now it's like, it's not an idea anymore. Yeah. Now it's a real thing. So 
why did you first start that? Where'd that come from? It's just like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and do this. Um, so, you know, social media has taken off the last couple of years and seeing all these, uh, you know, there's really good fitness influencers out there, really good, you know, bodybuilders, whatever. Um, but everything I see was more, it was either super sports specific or bodybuilding. I kind of felt like there was no common ground, you know, we're athletes. I don't want to be a huge bodybuilder looking dude. I just want to be lean. I want to be natural. I want to be um, athletic looking, you know, I guess you can put it. Um, and that's what, you know, in process, I got back with coach Davis. So after high school, obviously went to college, all that stuff. And then, um, training for the NFL currently, um, we got back in touch with coach Davis. And so it kind of sparked my OGFY again. It was, I kind of lost it. I mean, I took it to Nevada and and colleges, but you know, we kind of lost it. And then getting with coach Davis kind of sparked it up again. And we were working out one day and, you know, we're flexing out and stuff. And I'm like, man, I kind of want to start like a fitness page or something because quarantine started. I'm like, I don't know what to do right now. There's nothing going on. Um, So I started bouncing it off you. And I'm like thinking of fitness names and I'm like, OGFY. Like that's a, that's That's literally good fucking yoke, you know? And at first, you know, I I know people were going to perceive it like, oh, here's an excuse for, you know, me to post pictures of my shirt off or or whatever, you know what I mean? But it it really wasn't like that. It was really um, to help people you know, reach their full potential, you know, physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, just kind of be there for people if they have any, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a certified nutritionist or trainer or any of that stuff, but you know, we've been through the ringer. We've, we know how to manipulate our bodies. We've been doing this for a very, very long time um, at the highest, uh, not the highest level, but almost the highest level. Um, so, you know, I mean, I know what to do in the sense of, you know, get good work in, whether it's sports, whether it's lifting or, you know, advice on anything, just kind of be there for an ear, someone to, you know, someone to listen um and that's kind of where it started so so ogfy starts out as operation get fucking yoked you know it's a little in your face but it's yeah it's kind of stern you know the f word in the brand name it's, <laughs> it's it's bold but it's also you and i language wise you know we don't really hold back it's no. not that we are, we don't like speak to be rude or indecent no. to other people but that's just kind of who we are it just flows off the tongue yeah and it's just part of our personality so it might be offering some people. It's also going to attract the right kind of people that we wanted anyways, because that's who we are. And it's just, it's normal. We're not going to get offended by it. And it's one of those things where if you're offended by it, it's totally okay. But you know, we're probably not going to mesh. So it it, it used to mean operation get fucking yoked. Now let's tell them what does OGFY mean for this podcast, but specifically, but more also moving forward for the brand. What does you tell us about what does OGFY mean now? So, I mean, going back a little bit, like you said, the fucking is, is kind of in your face. It's like, dude, oh, like, you know, it was like, what's OGFY stand for? I'm like, Operation Get Fucking Yoked. And it's like, whoa, like, what the hell? And, you know, and like you said, the brand, you know if you like the brand or not. You know what I mean? It's, it's like you either like it or you don't. Um, it's for the blue collar, greedy guys. It's, it's, it's we're, we're working hard, man. We're, we're uh, under the radar. We're diamonds in the rough. We have to grind to get where we're, where we're going. You know what I mean? Nothing's been handed, handed to us. Um, so, and then fast forwarding, you know, I, that's how I wanted to start. I wanted just to get something out there. Boom, OGFY, it's kind of cool, but I wanted to start being more inspirational. You know, um, I hit a point in my life where, you know, I'm sure you can contest. I know my girlfriend can contest. A lot of people can. Um, a lot of my friends, especially in our age right now, where I hit this point, like, what the hell am I going to do with my life? You know, uh, now Corona, <laughs> yeah. What now, you know, Corona hit, um, you know, I'm like, oh, dude, I'm probably going to get a camp invite. You know, a lot of people get invited to camps for the NFL, you know, rookie camp. Well, that's wiped away. Corona wiped pro day away, you know, all this stuff that you've been working so hard for. And 
that's all I identified with was football for the last, you know, six years of my life. Um, it was football, football only training every single day of year round. So it's, um, that kind of stopped. And, you know, I wanted to get into the aspect of living life because I haven't been living life to the fullest into the aspect of, I hold back a lot. I don't like to go out and not that, you know, not that I'm encouraging going out and drinking and doing that stuff, but I I didn't do a lot of that stuff because I'm like, Oh, I need to be serious. I'm I'm super focused. I'm, you know, and it burns you out. And then, so, you know, my girlfriend, knowing you well, like you're an extrovert at heart. You totally are. Yeah. But you almost like forced yourself to be a little introverted. So there's yeah. probably like, you know, there's some, there's a fight going on inside you of just like, all right, now what? Cause I was forcing myself to be this way, forcing myself to listen to myself being Absolutely. that way. But it wasn't, it wasn't like your nature of like, that's not really totally who you are. No. And I was, I was a very um, off balance. We'll get into moderation and other stuff, you know, later in this podcast, but um, I just, I was kind of lost. You know what I mean? And uh, my girlfriend's from Hawaii for those people that don't know. Um, I've came out here a couple of times and I'm in Hawaii currently on the big Island in Kona. Um, and she's like, do you want to go to Hawaii for a little bit? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. Like I, I got stuff to do. I need to train. I need to train. And then it, it hit me like, dude, you, like, when are you ever going to be able to be this young and go do this stuff and be this free? Um, so we went to Hawaii, you know, and I'm like, well, there's no gym. And then, you know what? And then I'm like, I could take that two ways. I could sit here and pout about it or I could get creative and go find something. And then mm-hmm. when I said, I need to go find something. I needed to find myself and that's kind of when OGFY came about for its, its new meaning, its new persona, its new identity and it's operation, go find yourself. And, um, being out here, I got out of my comfort zone. I got out of orange County, that little bubble that we live in where I know exactly where bagels and brew is. I know exactly who's going to be where I know exactly. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? I know exactly. We knew everything about our little hometown, you know, and then I come here, I don't know a soul except my girlfriend and her family and I'm, I'm new and I have to go through quarantine and it's just, it's, it's in my, out of my comfort zone and I embraced it and it just opened my mind creatively, um, for workouts and just life, man. I'm just like, I was like, Oh my God, what now to, okay, what now? Yeah. I mean, it's like, it kind of changed the meaning of it, not questioning, but like, okay, what's next. And, um, there's so many possibilities. There's so many options that you can literally do. So that's kind of where it's starting to take off. Totally. So now, people listening, they know where OGFY originated from, you know, it was a phrase in a, in a gym at 5am, it went to a few high schools and it, it blasted among friends, and then it turned into a brand a couple months ago, and now it's kind of rebranded a little bit, but you know, the heart of OGFY, what it initially meant is always going to be there. Yeah, especially we're always going to get fucking yoked. Especially <laughs> between, you know, just like the friends and the core group of people that have really like lived that spirit, and now we're here, and it's a podcast. So yeah. I'll let you riff off for a couple minutes too before yeah. I do, but what do you want people who are listening to this to, to get out of this? You know, this is episode one and they're going to be listening to this and say like, all right, am I going to give these yeah. guys an, an hour or two every week or, you know, or am I going to pass? So what yeah. do you want people to listen to and really take like to heart and get out of this every time they uh, give us some other time? First thing I thought of when you said that was uh, your mind only registers two thoughts, get the hell in or get the hell out. <laughs> Um, never back down reference for you guys. Yeah, we'll know. get into movies in yeah. the episode for sure. Um, so this podcast, man, you know, I just want to, if this podcast can touch one person and motivate, inspire, uh, get a laugh, you know, I don't, this isn't going to be crazy serious. You know, we're going to dive into some serious topics. We're going to get um, really deep. We're going to get real. We're going to be raw. I mean, we're going to be ourselves, which is going to be cool. 
So um, some people can think, I don't give a shit what you two say. And that's totally fine. You know what I mean? If there's one totally. listener absolutely is. every single time and this dude or this girl, it changes their life or changes some kind of perspective on the way they look at things, um, then that's the goal. I just want to open the mind of people. Um, like we said, answer questions. I mean, like I said, we're not perfect, man, but we're not on here to pretend we're perfect. We're going to show you that we're human. We make mistakes. There's stuff that we've trialed and erred. There's, you know, just real life stuff. And I want to get people on here um, in different aspects of life, um, different job careers, different paths, different ages, you know, just, just get a whole broad perspective of, of so much stuff that life has to offer and maybe give people career choices. And I don't know, just, just, uh, get people information, motivate, inspire, um, and get a couple laughs in too, man. And that's kind of what this podcast is going to be about. Totally. And you mentioned the word perspective, which I think is a, a really big thing because, uh, you and I, have a lot of the same ways of thinking about things, but also you and I have some radically different ways of thinking about things at the same time. So we agree on so many things, but also bring perspective. And I think that's one of the biggest things that we really want to do with this podcast is <clears throat> just, we don't have all the answers. And if we come off as sounding so stubborn or serious, like we have <laughs> yeah. all the answers, you know, yeah. A, we're probably not being serious and we're probably joking about it. hundred percent. But you know, B, that's just not true. We don't have all the answers, but we have our experience, which is our yeah. answer for now, you know, because it's, it's our answer up to how much we know so far. Mm-hmm. So I think give me, we want to give everybody a perspective about, you know, health, wealth, relationships, life, decision-making from, hey, what's your morning routine of Caleb wakes up and eats oatmeal to yeah. Luke uh, in quarantine? He enjoys drinking IPAs <laughs> now. <laughs> no, then we're gonna have a somewhere. <laughs> it's you're you're absolutely right. Right now it's one fifty seven. There's a five in one fifty seven, so it's good enough. <laughs> yeah, it's, but it's just like you know, we just want to relate to people as like real people and yeah. make people laugh because I mean I think I'm funnier than Caleb. Caleb's probably gonna say, <laughs> say that he's funnier than me and then before I don't know. I think I think we, uh, would say uh, that neither of us are that funny. But oh yeah, she hates me. I mean, she doesn't yeah. laugh at anything I say, which I think is bananas. But uh, you know, we complement <laughs> each other really well because you are really good at like I'm I'm a dreamer, man. I'm like, dude, I want to do this, this, and this, and this. And you're like, all right, okay, but first step to that, you got to do this, you know. Yeah. And then when I'm super serious and I'm freaking out, you know, and we'll get into our friendship, obviously, of of you know us, um, but. You know, you're right there to either crack a joke, make me laugh, or like, dude, chill the fuck out. Like, your life's yeah. fine. You're not, you're not, you know? So um, I think the complement of each other and our different perspectives, and we're on different life paths, and we took different courses, and, um, you know, we're, we're completely different people, but we're, we have the same mindset, we have the same grind mentality, um, and we're just, we're fucking boys, dude. I mean, we go back, way back. Um, so, I mean, I guess we could we Let's could Let's dive into that. So, let's yeah. dive into by this point, you know, listeners are going to say like, okay, you know what, let's, let's, I'll give you guys a couple more yeah. minutes. Like, where are you guys yeah. from? How do you guys meet? Like, where yeah. does that story come from? So, and I promise oh. it's going to be good. I, I think this podcast is going to be great. So I hope, you know, people tune in every week and um, I think we're going to give a lot of good information out to people, man. So yeah, dude, I just, you know, just a, I want to help people to be just like, Absolutely. You know, we can be the reason that some person lasts on a shitty day. Then, you know, we did our job too. You know what I mean? Even Absolutely. If something, like if yeah. we give somebody a, just a reason to smile or laugh when it's just like, Hey, I was having a rough day, but Caleb said something really funny earlier. Like, <laughs> yeah. Just it helped turn my day around a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. So let's dive into our friendship. We'll, we'll start with yeah. you. Okay. There's one day, uh, I don't know, 
10, 12, 15 years ago, whenever you first heard the name Luke Bockenstein, <laughs> yeah. some crazy German name, you're young, you don't know, you don't know who I am. So tell yeah. that story. Yeah. So, um, you know, a lot of the Orange County baseball players will know the name Dirt Frogs, um, pretty well-known uh, travel baseball team back in the day. Lake Forest Dirt Frogs for you listeners. That's Lake a hell Forest of Dirt a Frogs. team name. <laughs> hell of a team yeah, name. Really Dirt Frogs. Um, you know, so uh, Lake Forest Little League, a lot of ties, you know, um, head coach for the Dirt Frogs, uh, reached out, asked for a sub for that weekend. Um, I don't know what this kid was off doing, but they needed a sub. Um, so, you know, at, and at that time, the sub rules were kind of weird. So you had to, I had to pretend to be, be that kid that was gone. And that uh -huh. kid happened to be you. Um, so you were gone that weekend. I don't know what you were doing. And uh, he goes, hey, so if anybody asks you, your name is Luke Bockensteady. And I was like, what the fuck? I'm like, Luke who? Like, what's his last name? Bach and what? You know, and then I saw the spelling and I was like, what the hell? And uh, I'm like, this is the weirdest name ever, bro. Like, what the hell? And, I, and you know, and I never, I never heard of you before. I, you know, I mean, we were still in elementary school, I think. So kind of like the- yeah, We went to different group. schools and when, yeah, when you're that yeah. young, you know, you don't really hang out with people at different elementary um, schools unless it's sports. But I would learn of you very quickly after that because um, I definitely did not fill those shoes very well. I think I went <laughs> 0 for 3, um, probably three strikeouts, my MO. You know, I didn't hit very well. Mm. Um, but okay. uh, you threw yeah. pretty well. <laughs> yeah, decent. But um, so that was the first time I heard your name. I subbed and um, I was like, I don't know who the hell Luke Bakken said he is. And then um, I think shortly after that, um, we got back in touch because of the Stokers. Um, shout out to the Stokers, great family. Um, oh, I think. Man. I was on Kansas State with Grant, and uh, he goes, and Sid goes, hey, uh, Grant's working out at the Bakken Steadies. And I'm like, oh, shit, Bakken Steadies. I remember that name. Fucking crazy name, right? So I remember I, uh, we go to the garage. It's not think, Bruce Wayne or anything, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, but it's very unique. But I remember my dad's like, you want to go work out? It's like the first time I remember going to work out. I'm like, oh, sure. Like, whatever. We'll go figure it out. You know, I'm in the training. I, we were young. We were super into it. Um, and I remember the first time I, I walk into the garage and you're throwing a fucking medicine ball, dude, and you're just chucking it. And I'm like, holy shit. Even my dad was kind of tripping, like, I don't know, man. And then I think your dad's like, come on, kid, like, you know, jump in. And I was like, okay. And fucking, you threw this this med ball toss and just, I caught it and took me through the wall, dude. I was like, so holy back shit. Back then, we were probably, what, we were probably 12 years old back then? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I don't, yeah, we wouldn't have been in, uh, Middle school yet? It's a whole. It was other... right before Serrano, I think. So okay, so sixth, we were about sixth grade. Sixth, sixth grade. Yeah. Mind you, Caleb was acting like I was throwing a twelve-pound <laughs> bowling ball at him, and I'm pretty sure I still have the medicine ball. It's full <laughs> of sand and it weighs like eighteen ounces. <laughs> and he he was acting Dude. like I was hitting him with like a crane every time I, I was threw so it. intimidated. But I so I grew up with because uh, you being the oldest, you know. Yeah. I grew up as the youngest of four kids, but one of those, my siblings, my brother, you know, my dad bought him a Bowflex. Uh, so I had a Bowflex and yeah. uh, punching bag and just workout stuff and uh, stationary bike and all that stuff in my garage growing up. So like, yeah, I was just working out before a bunch yeah. of kids just because it was there. So like, yeah. And then Dude. I always, I always had to leg up working out. And so like coming back to that story, I always like, that one always makes me laugh just because I still have the medicine ball and it's really not that heavy. <laughs> you were the biggest, strongest 12 year old I've ever seen in my life. Uh, maybe second to Tony. Tony was pretty big, but Tony you were definitely the strongest. But <laughs> yeah. The thing about You're... me too is that I, uh, I was, I think, uh, five, seven or five, eight, 135 yeah. when I was like, yeah, well, you were 13. jacked, bro. You were jacked. <laughs> and, uh, 
uh, you know, five seven, five eight, one thirty five, and now I'm I'm five ten on the good day, <laughs> and uh, just all I've done is put on more weight. So, and not all of it's the best weight. So, you know, hey man, it's all right. You win, you win some, you lose some. You know, <laughs> yeah. some of us no, peak but, um, in sixth grade, some of us peak in college. <laughs> oh shit. But it's funny because you had all that workout equipment uh, back then. Yoke Scott was big Scott. So we did not have any workout equipment at he our was, house. Yeah, he so. was big Scott. <laughs> um, no, but so, I mean, that's kind of where our relationship started took off. And then um, we became pretty close after that. I think we started working out a little bit and then went to middle school together. Um, and then the, the next big memory I have of us was, um, you know, my dad started the OC Toros. Shout out OC Toros. Before you were a Toro, you were a GH1. Yeah, right? these were great, two uh, great team. Two travel ball teams. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, we can get into that another day. But on that team, GH1, yeah. you fast forward five years, there's going to be six dudes in yeah. playing in the league that were on that team. Yeah, nuts. nuts and what's right. funny is I played short and hit third. And now yeah. I'm going to watch <laughs> three or four of those people <laughs> play in the middle of the field and hit third. No. Hit, you know, playing against the Yankees. And I'm watching the Yankees. So you guys were, you guys were awesome because um, it was cool because it was a great learning experience for a first time team. I think it was our first, I think, game as OC Toros, you know, we practiced a bunch, I think leading up and then it was kind of a scrimmage game, whatever we set it up. And I remember pitching and it went like, yeah, it went like Dom Parker than you, right. In the lineup Uh or something. And I remember it was like, (laughs) and then you came up. I was like, dude, holy, my neck, I got a kink in my neck. I yeah. did from that day. I mean, we, we, we <laughs> I, I remember it because uh, we got a new bat and <laughs> the team got a new bat and we went back to back to back doubles. Yeah, know. off the wall. It, at like, uh, a bit, I think, was it Steed? It was a huge it was field. It was, so, it, I mean, was a, was it Steed? Yeah, it was Steed. We went like yeah. back to back to back. And I, yeah, I think Dom hit the wall. Parker hit the wall and I like showed off the wall, like back to yeah, back. Yeah, no, they were, and they were bombs. And I'm just like, holy shit, my dad, I think my dad called time out. He goes, you all right? He goes, yeah, this is big boy <laughs> ball, dude. This isn't Lake Forest League anymore. This is travel ball. So, um, and then I don't know what happened, but shortly after you were on the Toros. And I think that's kind of where um, our relationship took off, man. And we just, you know, I mean, that, I mean, that, that whole team was, was really close. I mean, we're still close to a lot of that dude, a lot of those dudes yeah. in that OC Toros team to this day. Shout out to the OC Toros. Uh, um, but you know, I mean, those were so, just great times. So that, that was in a lot of middle school, you know, fast forward to high school, you go to J Sarah. Um, I almost yeah. saw you there because I really yeah. liked the baseball program, but then I decided yeah. I didn't want to go to private school yeah. because <laughs> I'm not stuck up. Like Caleb was so stuck up. <laughs> the 15. Yeah. So Caleb went there for two years. I went to El Toro for all four and then mm-hmm. junior year, you transferred to El Toro. Yeah um crazy it was it was a trip it was sophomore year so right played football quit football oh, freshman, back in the sophomore year or something freshman year so yeah. sophomore year comes around and trey tinsley shout out to trey tinsley one of our best friends he's a hell of a recruiter um because i wanted to go to el toro out of high school i wanted to play football you know football there um i really liked coach frith um but coach k at j sarah was just man he was an awesome coach and um i learned a lot from him so i went to j sarah to go play baseball pretty much then after I quit football, I was just I had this itch in my stomach, man, and um, and Trey was just nonstop like, bro, you gotta come to El Toro, you gotta come to El Toro, you gotta come to El Toro. I remember one day, I think so it was like a Monday because it was league like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, mm-hmm. and so Monday, Jay Sarah or it wasn't league, but it was like right before league play. Jay Sarah, we played against El Toro, right? JV. So I remember I pitched against El Toro at Jay Sarah, 
And then like Wednesday rolls around and I go, I come home and I'm like, dad, like, what if I transferred to El Toro? And he was like, you want to go to El Toro? And I was like, yeah, I think I do. And he's like, all right, let's go to El Toro. I think the next day I was literally at El Toro, like yeah. literally took like a day, got out of Jay Sarah, went to El Toro, signed up, whatever. I walk into my first class, first person I see is Trey. And he's like, Hey, where I'm walking into <laughs> biology and Trey's in my class. I'm like, Oh shit. And then like the day after that, El Toro was playing Jay Sarah again. Yeah. So I literally in the same week was on two different teams playing each other, which was really trippy. But yeah, so I transferred. I think you were on varsity. I mean, you weren't even with us. You were with our, us JV Joes. You were on varsity at that point. But um, yeah, so transferred, and then literally yeah, okay. that's when it all started. So you know, then we uh, <clears throat> you're there. You and I really pick up on the OGFY together. Mm-hmm. You know, once you're there, the four or five a.m. workouts, the twelve forty-five lunch workouts, and sometimes the five p.m. <laughs> Yeah, uh, PM workouts. 10, 10 and, PM sometimes. <laughs> yeah, seriously. And uh, shout out to the Foothill Ranch 24. That was the, Dude, their first dungeon. The building, baby. It the was building. the building. <laughs> so there came a point of, you know, it's senior year. And yeah. uh, I get hurt. I don't play a whole lot senior year. You are looking to focus more on football by this point in senior year. I was just a baseball player. You had opportunities to walk on and everything on everything. So there was a day uh where you got your very first offer. Um or your very yeah who who was your very first offer, not division one offer? Um I think yeah, I think it was Minot and then Dixie or Dixie then Minot uh, uh so, one of the D two schools. So my senior year, the only like uh offer I ever got was like to go to Eastern Michigan. Yeah. And it was, they offered me like a scholarship only because of academics so like hey, yeah we like we need we need a player but like we're not giving you athletic money but like yeah. you're smart so you can have this money yeah. now so it's like uh, i don't yeah. want to go to eastern michigan at yeah. all yeah. So, yeah. that's where i was just like i i'm gonna go i had it accepted in my mind already that like i'm not gonna have my parents spend the money to go yeah. to a bigger school i'm not mm-hmm. gonna get the scholarship to go to a, a bigger school or any school for that matter so I went the JUCO route, and I ended up going to Irvine Valley College. But I knew yeah. that probably, like the end of our senior year. Yeah. You started getting some uh, some talks with it was Minot State. You took a visit out there, yeah. which is yeah. like D two or three. What what are they? Yeah, uh, it's actually a D two school in um, Minot, North Dakota. And North shout out my grandpa is from there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, North Dakota. And so my grandpa's from there. Um, beautiful place, dude. I mean, I I honestly you get unlimited D2 visits. So I was like, I'm going to take this visit, whatever. And it was for baseball and football. And I got off the plane and it was fucking freezing. I was like, dude, gee, and I did not fit in, obviously. They were all Viking fans. So that helped. I could talk a little bit of football. I'm a Viking fan. Um, so, but it, it was a great school. And I was like, I even hit you up after my, dude, I'm actually considering the school. I took it just to take it. And then I actually ended up really liking it. But, so um, you took that just to take it. The you, between us two, we, both of us knew like, all right, one of us, one of us is probably going to be an athlete. The other one is probably going to start watching athletes. And <laughs> so after that Minot State visit, you also got a walk-on offer at Hawaii, I think, right? Yeah, so Hawaii, um, Hawaii offered me for baseball. Um, right. I think right. it was like – it was a pretty decent one. It was like a 50 to 75, something around that range. Um, you know, that he was – Coach uh, McNamara was really on me about it. And um, I was talking to Hawaii, and it was always awesome. It was great. Um, and then I wanted to play football as well. I mean, because what happened was 
high school, I mean, I'm a left-handed pitcher. Everybody my whole life is like, dude, you got to stick to baseball, stick to baseball. Football's not going to work out, whatever. And then I, I went off my senior year, and that can be, you know, down the road in this podcast, whatever. But I had a great senior year in football. And then uh, I took it into baseball, and I was kind of using baseball because I knew I wasn't going to get a ton of football scholarships. I was kind of using baseball to play football. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I talked to Hawaii, he was like, yeah, we'll talk to the coach. And when I talked to the Hawaii coach at the time, he was just – the receiver coach, he was kind of blowing me off, like, yeah, you can walk on if you want. I don't really care, you know. And I was like, eh. I don't know. So, so I'm going to interject my little story to that because I actually yeah. have a twist on your Hawaii story for a second yeah. because uh, you told me about Coach McNamara. He really wanted you, the baseball coach. Yeah. So, therefore, I decided to piggyback off of that. Yeah. I sent him a cold <laughs> email telling him to recruit me because I want to go to Hawaii. <laughs> and I was your best friend. And, I'm, and I think I could convince you to go there. Yeah. So, I started getting – weekly emails from Hawaii McNamara started was like started to say like yeah there's a very good chance we're gonna have a walk-on opportunity for you yeah so that's there it's like almost on the table I never knew that (laughs) it's an opportunity for like like, dude maybe I'll play division one college like Hawaii like that's crazy to go to for four years after like barely ever leaving like our hometown here if you're gonna be there it'd be cool you and I could just take on Hawaii oh yeah then fast forward to uh your next offer was Dixie State right yeah yeah and you ended up you ended up telling hawaii no right at one point so at dixie state was before hawaii um so i had the dixie state offer um it was for it was uh for football and baseball too um i took a visit it was uh kind of trippy i met a really cool i met a couple cool kids on that visit actually i'm still in touch with them uh to this day cool um and so i get picked up in a caravan like uh Johnny's from Riverside, the kid that was that went on a visit with me, he came, they came, picked me up from my house, and then we drove to St. George. Um, you know, Dixie State, it's, it's way different now. I mean, they got a ton of more, ton more money. They built up that program. They got a new facility, all that stuff. So at the time I was there, it was kind of, it was kind of iffy, but, you know, it was a football scholarship, it was a baseball scholarship, and they were really on me. They really wanted me to play there. I felt wanted, um, you know, and that football coach was starting to blow me up because I originally went for baseball, I think. And then I met the football coach and he was like, yeah, dude, like, and he saw my film and started kind of coming after me. Um, and then the Hawaii happened and, uh, yeah. So, and then Hawaii happened and I really wanted to play football, but, um, you know, they just weren't really feeling me. So that's where I was kind of stuck. I'm like, well, you know, I'm like, I believe in myself. I can go walk on and make that team. You know, I wasn't tripping, but I'm like, if they're not even gonna give me a chance, I don't know. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's where I was. At so at, at what point did you tell Hawaii, like, hey, I'm not going to go here? Um, well, so that, that gets in. So what happened was, was I was going to go to, uh, I hit you up because it was about signing day, right? Um, and this was the first signing day period. So, and this is where me and you fi- like first started. I mean, I started, so here, here's, here's the summary about this. I, every big life decision I ever make, I call Luke. I call you. Um, whether it's relationship, whether it's sports, whether it's just life in general, I just call you and without any hesitation, you always give me an answer. Yeah. I mean, and every single time in my life, I shit, you not, it's like flipping a coin. I mean, like I, I go with whatever you say and it always works out every single time. So when Saturday day came around, um, you know, Dixie state sent me my letter of intent, um, you know, baseball with Hawaii, we were kind of waiting just cause baseball season and stuff, you know, there's a later signing day. So they weren't really on me to sign. Um, so what happened was I call you and I'm like, Hey man, and you can take this after 
But um, I was like, you know, dude, I think I'm going to go to Dixie State. You know, they really like me. I'm not getting any love Division One. I. I got. I don't have a fucking interest in Division One football. No one's even talking to me. No one's giving me shit. And I'm just – and I'm kind of baffled. I thought I had a really good senior year. I'm like, fuck, dude. And, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm not the typical size and look for a receiver. I understood that. Um, but I, I wanted to, you know, scratch and claw my way up. But just nobody was even giving me a shot. So that's where I was, and I called you about Dixie State. And I was about to commit. So Caleb calls me at Dixie State, and it was, it was late, too. It was like, it was like, wasn't it like the day before signing or something like that? Dude, it was like, I think it was like 10 p.m., and the next day it was signing. Day. Ne- yeah, you were supposed to sign by like 7 or 8 a.m. Yeah. So I, uh, he called me. We talked about it for a little bit, and then we hang up, and like there was a part of me that was living like vicariously through you because I was like, dude, like of us two, you're the one that's going to go to Division One. There's no fucking way that you and I woke up as many times as we did. Wasted. Every fucking day. Yes, or not wasted, but, you know, decided to not do certain things with friends, not go to parties, or, you know, not sleep in. We put in so much work. So I told you, I text you, I don't know, I have a text somewhere. Yeah. Actually, like 12 or 1 a.m. I was still up and I just said, you're not going to Dixie State. Yeah. You worked too hard. You worked too hard. I pushed yeah. you too hard for you to not go to Division One. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. So that happens. You don't sign a letter. You don't sign with Dixie. Yeah. And, and no disrespect to Division Two, Division Three, NAI. That's not, you know, I mean, dude, there's a place for everybody. There's a, and there's a lot of great schools. Like I said, Dixie State, I think, is D1AA now. So they, they moved yeah, their way up. This they, was back in the yeah. day. It was a little different. I mean, six, seven years ago, you got to remember. So, and also, um, when you, this is 18 year old you and me talking, you know, like, yeah, you got big you know, dreams, man. You want to go big, D1. big dreams, too much pride, you know what I mean? Like, but, in your mind, because you put in the work, it's D one or bust, which isn't the case. But like, yeah. that's but how you but we but we had a feeling. We just I don't know, and I always had a feeling too, man. And I almost I almost gave up that gut feeling that I that I was gonna go do something Division one because of my not really ego, but I felt wanted. I'm like, okay, well, this school, and I almost gave up. And so from that, you said don't sign, right? And mm-hmm. uh, so I'm not gonna call up this coach. I'm not here to do that. But you know, I call this coach back, and he's been calling me every day I mean I would have to leave class to answer his phone calls because blowing me up hey are you gonna sign are you gonna sign are you gonna sign and I'm like you know so when he called me I said hey coach you know and I didn't say no I just said I'm gonna wait till after baseball season or you know close to the end of baseball season to see what picks up see you know if I want to go play baseball somewhere else and this is the football coach talking and he was like I don't understand what you're doing man like you're not that good you're not a division one football player you're what what do you think Oregon's gonna call you tomorrow that's what he told me you think Oregon's gonna call you and you know, I was kind of like, really, man? So your true colors are showing, you know what I mean? Uh, so I said, you know, with all due respect, Coach, I appreciate your opinion, but then you really don't know me that well. And I hung up, never talked to that guy again. Um, and remember, you told me, and I'm like, dude, fuck, like, that was like my one, op- not my one opportunity, but really like to go play football, you know? And you're like, dude, just be patient, just be patient. Um, and fast forwarding or moving on a little bit, throughout this whole process, um, my dad was unbelievable. He was emailing every school for me, man. Like, he got my stats together. He helped me put a highlight film together. He did all this stuff for me. And he was, he, we emailed every school in the country, I think four or five times. And I shit you not like every single division one school in the country and some of the top D two schools, like we sent over a thousand fucking emails to, to every single coach. Right. So, and I, my family, I mean, your family too, we learned how to grind, man. We got to, like we said, we got to fight our way. And so I'm leaving the house to go to a game uh, for El Toro. We have a game. Uh, it was like a Wednesday. And, uh, before I leave the house, my dad's like, yeah, I'll see you down there. He's like, wait, we didn't email um, Washington State yet. 
And I'm like, I mean, he's always like, we emailed Washington State, but we didn't email the Washington State special teams coordinator, who's Eric Neely. He's like, we didn't email him. And I was like, dude, fuck it. I'm like, dad, no one's replying. This guy's not going to fucking reply. Just fuck it. And I was pissed. I, I'm, I'm fucking beat up at this point. I'm like, dude, nobody fucking wants me, you know, whatever. So I left, went to the game, right? And uh, thank God my dad sent that email because on the way home from that game, I get a call and it's a New Jersey uh, area code. That's where Coach Mealy's from. And I answer the phone and he's like, what's up, Caleb? It's Coach Mealy from Washington State. And I'm just like, holy shit, holy shit, it's Washington State, it's Washington State, you know? And uh, we start talking and he's like, I don't know. How we, were in the, uh, we were in the Eltor parking lot. Yeah, yeah. You got oh, that yeah, call? We were, oh. yeah. Yeah, I remember. And uh, my Washington State, Washington State. And um, he's like, you know, I don't know how much receiver you're going to play here, but I definitely want you to come return punts and kicks and compete at least, you know, whatever. And uh, I'll give you a shot to play at a Division One Pac-12 school. And it's a walk-on opportunity. Um, and, you know, everything just kind of fell into play. I know it was, it was just a walk-on opportunity, but it was an opportunity. That's all I wanted was somebody to kind of take a leap of faith for me. And... Um, you know, you told me not to commit to Dixie State and all this kind of stuff leading up to it. Kind of finally, for the first time in my life, I felt like paid off. You know what I mean? Um, and it's just a walk-on opportunity. And I was I was so excited. I'm like, yeah, I'll commit right now. And he's like, you know, hold up, hold up, hold up, you know. Um, so we talked some things through. I was supposed to go play baseball up there, too. So we were talking about all that. Um, and so I think he goes, he goes, I only have like two spots for walk-ons, man. And he's like, and it preferred. So like you get to come up and, you know, for the summer and stuff. So he's like, you need to get back to me within like 48 hours. So now I'm like Hawaii or um, Washington state. Cause the day mm. before that I yeah, told Hawaii, I said, yeah, the day before Washington state called me, I told Hawaii, I said, they set up my visit. So that was like a Tuesday, set up my visit for that Friday for that weekend. Right. And I said, I'm, I'm going to commit on my visit and they're, He's like, Coach McNamara's like, awesome, man. Excited to have you on board. We'll wait to make it official when you get down here. Perfect. Next day, Washington State calls. So now I'm like, fuck, you know, I mean, but I wanted to play football deep down, man. I, I, I wanted to do it. So I called Coach McNamara and, you know, he was, he was, he was a little upset at me. I mean, um, he just, all he said was enjoy the weather down in Pullman. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, um, and that's kind of where it, uh, a, a different chapter started, you know, so, so I commit to Washington State. Because I tell you not to go to Dixie State, you yeah. end up getting a chance to go to Wazoo. Selfishly for me, you tell <laughs> McNamara you're not going there. I was talking to McNamara or his assistant two or three times a week. Yeah. Never heard from him again. <laughs> Crickets. Not once. Dude, you know, it's, I never Not once. So to people listening, this is the first time I heard that story. So I not, literally I had not, not a once. single clue that, that was going on. <laughs> and I literally – I'm pretty sure I even sent an, e an email, very last email goes, like, I bet you I can get Caleb to, like, decommit. Like, <laughs> are you just, is my interest still there? Yeah, exactly. Nothing. Nothing. Didn't hear back. That's so me. funny. That's hilarious. I never knew that. That's awesome. So I end up, I end up going to IBC. I play a semester there, and I end up hanging up my cleats. I'm done playing sports before the season even starts. You know, yeah. my, whole, my whole athletic journey, I – I dealt with some issues, like some physical issues, especially with my elbow. Yeah. But also, yep. the thing that, which we'll get talking to a lot, is like the big issue that I always had with my elbow is just because we were, I didn't work out the right way for baseball. You know what I mean? We just lifted oh, yeah. weights and we got too tight and we looked great, but yeah. I, you know, we both never felt great. No, ever. So I, I hang them up. I go to IVC for two years. Fast forward, I drop out. Uh, after I get my AA, I drop out of school. But I watched every single game you played in 
like your <laughs> entire you. career. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting because we bring different perspectives of like you're still out there physically grinding, you know, to try to make it to the next level. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's, yeah. it's, that's why I think that we bring a lot of perspective about like there's times of, you know, pushing yourself. There's times of reeling, reeling yourself back. There's like supporting each other that you and I have this yeah. dynamic. But I think that's a, like telling a whole story is a way to like give everybody a little bit of perspective of like where we're coming from. Absolutely. Because you know, I have the athlete's mentality, but like, you and Trey and Kyle, my best friends, all like we're all college athletes. So I've always like yeah. lived. And then Lauren, my girlfriend, who's just like she won a super state state yeah. championship, you know, in college softball, yeah. like far better athlete than I am. Yeah, so, like, but it's just, funny you and you got you and Lauren both have taken that mindset into life, though. That's where yeah. that cool transition was. You know, I mean, you definitely had that what now? She, I mean, I don't know. If she had that what now? She's, I think she's done what she's wanted to do, but. You know, you especially just took that mindset um, and looked at it like sports. And that's kind of, you know, that's another, that's a talk another time. But, you know, and that's where you thrive. And I think both of us, it's a weird concept, but the more I thought about it was that I felt like both of us started to thrive in times of uncertainty. Like, we didn't know what was going to happen, but all we knew is that we were going to make it happen. No matter what the fuck it was, you know, we're going to put the work in and we're going to get after it. And in times of uncertainty, that's what that's what your character is. I mean, what are you doing when no one's watching? What are you doing when, you know, when you're most needed, you know, are you going to be ready when that opportunity comes and whether it's life, school, sports, whatever the hell it is. Um, and that's what I think, you know, you embody very well. Thank you. There's a, there's a weird thing where it's like, you know, a lot of the people like to say the cool things about themselves, like popular sayings about themselves, but they don't really live it. Yeah. One thing that I think like, at least for me that like one thing that like when I say it, like I, I know it's like to, to be true and I, I thrive when I'm thrown in the deep end, man. I, yeah. In a sink or swim situation, it's you or me type of thing. Like, yeah. I love those things because I just always trust, like, that the work's been put in, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's the thing where, like, I think confidence comes in of just, like, when you have to perform, whether it's, like, in sports or, like, in anything. So, let's say I'm going up to bat in baseball. You're, you're confident going up to that, at bat if you put the work in. But if you know that you spent oh. the last two weeks and you haven't been, like, putting the work in, hitting off the tee, doing soft toss, you know, like, being disciplined – yeah it doesn't matter if that the picture's not very good you you know that going into that bat so your confidence isn't there yeah we talk about like the, the sink or swim like jumping in the deep end it was just like i thrive in that just because i'm really com- like confident in like the discipline i've i put into into you know the work that i'm doing whatever the endeavor is and i that's yeah. something that like from from sports you know that i think people who stop playing sports in co- like in college or after college like the what now situation is that something I think that Caleb and I really want to, you know, like pound in the minds is that like you built up the discipline and you don't even realize it's there of just like, yeah. and how to build like generate confidence and like where it comes from, where it stems from. Yeah. And I, I think that's something that like you and I like are going to be able to provide the audience with something like some, some really cool perspectives. Like, Hey, you guys are a little bit more prepared than you think you are. I mean, absolutely. And I think uh, listening to the Abby Marcus podcast and Abby Marcus is obviously an inspiration and um, we'll get into that too of our inspirations and, and people we look up to, but listen to his podcast. He said a skill in itself is being able to give something a hundred percent is being able to dive into something, give it a hundred percent. I mean, if you think about college, I mean, that's, that's your life, that's your job. And a lot of us will go, okay, what now? And it's like, dude, you built up a, a fucking resume without you even knowing. Yeah. You know I mean, like you might not have job experience, you might not have work experience in that field, but people love athletes because 
we are problem solvers. We respond well to adversity. We take coaching. We take uh, constructive criticism. We we know how to maneuver, work with teams. We just we have all these skills that we've built up over all these years that we don't even realize we have until you go into the workforce. Like, you know, I picked up a summer job just to pick up a summer job uh, back in Reno, and um, I was bartending and doing security at this bar, and I was just doing my job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, whatever was asked of me, I'm doing my job, right? Yeah, you got to clean, check IDs, whatever, whatever it was, right? And, you know, they looked at me like I'm going above and beyond. And I'm like, that's my job, man. Like, I'm, I'm told to do my job. I'm going to do my job. I'm going to do it well to the best of my ability. And everybody else is like, dude, like you're like almost like a tryhard. You know what I mean? But it's like, that's just what we know. I mean, all we know is yeah. that's my job. My job is to block this guy. My job is to, to go hit, hit this guy. My job is to protect this gap. My job is to field this ball. You know what I mean? Whatever your job is, that's what you're supposed to do. You do it 100%. So, I mean, that's a skill in itself that athletes don't know that they develop. Totally. And that's something that, like, uh, a little bit, like, I'll tie it all together in a second. So, my dad, uh, you know, uh, corporate VP, he was a boss. He was a manager of a lot of people. And he used to always tell me, like, you'd be surprised about how many people coming in and ask for a raise for doing their job. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, not going above and beyond, just doing their job. So, when I was younger, I used to think about like, if I wasn't starting, you know, like say at El Toro, you know, I wasn't starting uh, that week and I was kind of annoyed. So like, I used to hit after practice extra, but I kind of made sure coach saw me. Yeah, absolutely. Which is like, cool, you know, coach saw you, but like, you're not going to play just because coach saw you hit after practice. You're yeah, not going to play exactly. just because you're, you want to be better. Like, so does everybody like that. Yeah. But like, that's, that's, that's like, I hadn't learned yet. That was just like, you I was like doing the extra drills and the extra stuff after practice why him. but like I, I was doing it for him not for me to get better exactly. to actually be better and yeah. perform the game you know what I mean so that was like something that like it took me a little bit extra after of just like once I started getting to the workforce and I started like trying to build some companies of my own I was just like oh I have an idea at 3 a.m and nobody's here but like yeah this is the work that's gonna like build the company it's not like it's, nobody's here watching me I'm not posting yeah. a YouTube video at 3 a.m this is like I'm working hard like it's not what life doesn't care you know what I mean and uh you know another good perspective that you know I think that you know I provide especially in the sports world is you know I I I walk on at Washington State right um to the point uh, where I'm a walk-on man I'm not I get number 38 thrown at me I don't get to choose a number I'm I'm a wide receiver number 38 I look like a fucking fullback lined up out there okay my first (laughs) day you don't look like a fullback lined up there (laughs) I mean, I look like a, I looked like a fat fullback. <laughs> I was a little chubby freshman year, but, um, a little. but I mean, the, the adversity hit right away. I mean, dude, I mean, I get, you get there and it's cool when you're a freshman, you're the only people on campus and summer workouts, you know, I'm, I'm good at that kind of stuff. So I'm grinding as soon as fall camp hits. It's like, fuck you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Fossum go to scout team. I've never heard of scout team in my life. Um, so you know what I mean? I don't know what the fuck scout team is. Get my ass kicked every goddamn day. But the thing was my first day, I'm a, I'm a slot. You know what I mean? And, uh, I mean, I could play outside and stuff. Now I developed those skills, but in high school, I was strictly a slot. First day I get moved to outside. I'm the only white dude. I'm the only guy under six foot two. Um, yeah, I mean, so I'm completely out of my element, get thrown to scout team. And I'm just like, fuck dude, we're in the middle of Lewiston, Idaho, um, shitty place. You know, it's just a long day. And I'm like, dude, I don't know if I could do this, you know? So you battle, 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 battle. Next year it gets easier. You know what I mean? Um, Mm -hmm. towards the end of that freshman season, return a kick, get a job. Okay. Then I start returning punts, score a touchdown, secure that job. You know, it gets easier. And the thing about my perspective is I went from walk-on to earning a little bit away, 
to having to transfer. So now I'm the new kid again. I transfer, I earn my way, get hurt. Okay. Now is another fucking perspective. I've never been injured like this in my life. Now I missed my whole season. First game at Nevada. I'm supposed to be this, this fucking great addition. I'm supposed to add all this value to this team. I blow up my knee. Okay. What now? What now? What now? What now? You go through these dark times and we'll get into all that. Um, but then hurt my knee, then come back, have a fucking great comeback year, you know, team leading receiver and all this kind of stuff. And then to a shitty senior year, getting hurt again. So I think the perspective of bottom of the food chain to captain leader, you know, you go through all this shit that you go through and it just brings you a new perspective on life and all this kind of stuff that, um, that we're going to be able to provide to this podcast of, of helping people get through those situations, you know? Totally. And so we've hit, we've hit around the hour mark, you know, we're, we're going to wrap it up, but I, I was thinking about something along uh, the lines of what you said. And uh, right now at this time, you're, you're really into Aubrey Marcus, right? That's yeah. like, that's your go-to. So let's provide the audience with something. Uh, what's, what's one thing that you've learned this past week that you think some, one of these, one listener could benefit from, you know, maybe it's from him just cause I know that's what you're listening to right now, but maybe it's an experience you went through. Maybe it's something you read. What is one thing off the top of your mind that you think is like, Hey, I just, it'd be really cool. If someone else heard this. Um, that is a good question. Um, I think, you know, I mean, listen to Aubrey, Mark, uh, Aubrey Marcus, Joe Rogan. Um, I just think that if I can, I, th- I think the, the really cool one that kind of spoke out to me was um, Aubrey Marcus and Tim Kennedy. He had Tim Kennedy on the show and, his whole thing was dangerous freedom. And I'm kind of like, that's where I'm kind of leaning towards now is like, and that's what he means. Like in America, we could do whatever the fuck we want. Um, and where I'm at now is like, I was such a psychopath, which is good. You want to be obsessed with your craft. You want to be, mm-hmm. you want to be a grinder, man, but you also need like you, and we'll get into your stuff too, with your 30 day challenge and stuff, but you have to have a day or a, a once a week where you're sane or you have a cheat day or you have a cheat meal or you, you know, you, you become human. You need to be human too. You know what I mean? Yep. I've been this machine for such a long time where I'm just like football training, eat healthy, eat healthy to where I get so burned out that I'm like, fuck dude. Like I just, I just don't feel myself and I'm, and then I have that piece of pizza or I go out and I have a drink and I, and I'm like, Oh my God, I'm a human again. You know? And it's um, like I said, I'm not encouraging any of that stuff. I'm just saying you need to be human sometimes. So I guess, um, and we'll get into the moderation, everything later down this podcast, but I guess live your life. And that's what Operation Go Find Yourself is, man. Whatever you feel in your gut, um, taking leap of faith, uh, just just finding yourself and going through the process of trial and error. We've tried so many different things ourselves of diets and routines and whatever the hell it is that you fail. And it's okay to fail. Just don't be scared. Go live your life, you know? Love that. Love that. One thing that uh, I read this week that I think was super interesting I don't know if it's in the top diet. I like that. Dangerous freedom. That's just like a cool phrase. It's <laughs> yeah, just like, it's, I wish like I made it up. Sounds like something that Tim Kennedy would totally make up. But uh, I want to get your thoughts off of this. I read it in an email. Some of the, uh, I'm one of those people who like reads almost every email that come, like, gets emailed to me. Yeah. So this guy wrote an email. It's a definition of uh, difference between kidding, quitting and giving up. Because mm-hmm. both of them, we kind of think about it as like negative connotations. Yeah. You know Cause it's kind of like, almost like you hear those things and you grow up like in sports, at least for us and other things like quitting or giving up it's weak, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I have, I have something that like, I want to like, you know, test your perspective for and like kind of bounce question off to you. What do you think the difference is between quitting and giving up? It's a hard question to answer because like they're kind of synonymous, but. I feel like, 
I feel like giving up is like voluntary. Like you're throwing in the towel. You know what I mean? And necessarily like, you know, you have literally come to the conclusion that like you can't do this anymore and you're giving up. Like, fuck it. Um, quitting to me isn't necessarily always negative. I mean, like if you have a shitty job and you're like, fuck did I quit? Fuck this, you know? Um, I think quitting's more of a, I, I can't find the words for it, but just like I'm quitting, I'm moving on to the next thing, you know, as far as, okay. you know, kind of moving past giving up is like voluntary, like you quit. I mean, not that you quit. I mean, there you go, but you're just, you say you're done that you can't go any further. You that's, literally give up. That's super interesting. Cause it's like, yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of what I was leaning towards. Is like, that's kind yeah. of like what this guy was like talking about. Uh, his name is Ian Stanley. And he has like a definition of both of them. He says like quitting is when you stop doing something, but you don't care what the end result of it is anyways. Yeah. So go. it's like when you're in a job, here's a really easy example. Whenever I read a book, it's like prideful that I finished a book, even if it sucks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So finally, one of the first books I ever, uh, like uh, a book, like the very first time I was like halfway through it and I was like, this book sucks. And I stopped it and I like, didn't care. And I was like, oh, that was kind of nice. That's I just great. saved yeah. a couple hours. Giving up is when you stop doing something, but you still care what that result is. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's you chasing something that you really, really want and you're just like, Fuck it. As far as, but if, if you're in a career that you don't see yourself going far in and it's not benefiting you or bringing value to what you yeah. want to do and you quit that, that's not negative. You're getting rid of quitting friendships, quitting relationships, quitting shit that brings zero value. That's only negative vibes and not positive and not feeding into your positivity. That's quitting that. That's positive. Mm -hmm. you know, so. I totally agree. So that's the end of uh, episode one. Uh, thank yeah. you guys for listening. If you, you know, stuck around with us for the full hour. Um, Caleb, where can they find OGFY on, uh, on Instagram? Uh, Instagram, it's at OGFY underscore. Um, so go, we got videos, workouts, um, people of inspiration, just, you know, just posting stuff daily, um, different stuff, different perspectives. And obviously, um, you know, OGFY, it's, it's me and Luke. We're partners. We're childhood friends. We're, um, we're going to give you guys what we think the world needs and what we think that you guys could benefit from. Um, on Twitter, it's at OGFY with two underscores. Um, and yeah, that's, that's it. I appreciate you guys listening. Yeah, me too. Um, so look out for the next episode right after this. And uh, we're really, really excited to keep doing this. This is fun. And this is a great first episode. I, I enjoyed this hour. Oh, yeah, man. Me too. So uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. And uh, stay ready. Don't get ready. That's the motto, baby. So talk to you OGFY. guys soon. Bye.